Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 543 for the week of May 16th, 2020. I am your host, Anna Marie Privetier, and I'm here with uh, a grouping of people who like to talk about RPGs but are otherwise undefined. It's like a Venn diagram. I don't. That. I need a. I need a picture. <laughs> I mean. The other two pillars of my personality are heavy metal and cats, so. That's a Venn diagram. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And in the middle is Kelly. All right. Yep. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hi, Peter. Describe yourself in a Venn diagram. (laughs) Um, Get in the Venn. I'm I'm RPG and sleep, and you put those two together. And that's Uh, Peter. And in the middle, there's a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Hi, Alice. Baby in the middle. Uh, hello. Long time no talk. Yeah. I guess Chris is here, too. Hi. I'm here. But that's not important. Alice is here. Mm-hmm. Alice, take mm-hmm. us through what you've been playing recently. Oh, we're jumping right into it. Hey, Chris. Yeah. I've been delivering missiles. <gasps> yes! Yay! Except, yes! Except, not in, except not in EVE Online. Oh. No, I'm sad. <laughs> I got your hopes up. Oh. Now, um, MechWarrior 5 appeared on the Xbox Game Pass uh, very recently. I think it was in like the last week or something. Um, developed by... Uh, I know because I've, I've um, mentioned MechWarrior Online on the cast a few times. Same developer. They were just like, oh, hey, well, we've got all of these 3D assets. Why don't we make a, a, a single-player game? And then they were like, hey, why don't we make it Epic exclusive to piss everyone off? <laughs> did it work? Uh, it did make a lot of people angry, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's on the Xbox Game Pass now, so I was like, well, I subscribe to that. Um, I'm, you know, I, I can't be asked to pay however much it is on the Epic Store, so I'll give it a try. Um, now, for any diehard Battletech enthusiasts who may be listening to this, um, you know who you are. Um, I haven't played a MechWarrior game seriously since, like, MechWarrior 2. And I was young back then. Like, seriously. I think MechWarrior 2 came out in the early 90s or something. Early 90s? Mid-90s? All right. So, um, so my, my general point of comparison is um, it's like... I know I've brought up Battletech, you know, the turn-based one fairly recently. The one that plays a little bit like XCOM. Yeah. Um, It's like that, except first-person, real-time, and the story isn't quite as good. Well, you're really selling it here. I know, it, but it's otherwise, you know, it's just big stompy mechs running around shooting things. Like, I'm not really quite sure what else you could really want. I mean, is it like um, Steel Battalion, but you can actually control it? Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> Great. <It's> sold. <laughs> it's just Sorry. a big shooter. Like, wasn't there an MMO one of these? Like, uh... yeah, it's what that's MechWarrior Online, the arena-based one. Yeah, this feels <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, it's that, but single player. All right. Great. And with a with a story, but a story that's probably not quite as good as. 
BattleTech. Are BattleTech and MechWarrior the same system or the same origin or are they separate? They're the same IP. Okay. That's what I meant. And they're set and they're set in the same universe, yeah. All right. But the presentation obviously differs a fair bit. Sure. Um so I mean Piranha generally speaking have done reasonably well with MechWarrior online, but uh I mean, when I think of other things they've done, the only thing I can think of is the multiplayer for Duke Nukem Forever. That's not exactly the sort of thing you want on your resume. No. Anything Duke Nukem related is probably a bad thing on your resume. So, I need to put some more time into it, but, it, you know, if you liked MechWarrior Online or you liked any of the original, you know, like MechWarrior 2 or 3 or 4 or whatever from, like, the mid 2000s or something then you'd probably like five probably if you've got the xbox game pass already then why not down download it and try it if you don't like it uninstall it such is the way with those kinds of services sure um now my caveat on grand blue fantasy versus wait what? Uh, what 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 is this grand blue fantasy is that the phone game yes but there's a fighting game based on the phone game. Oh, so this is the fighting game based on the phone. Oh, goodness. Wasn't it made by Arc System Works? Oh, okay, it was. that makes it okay again. All right. Yeah. So from this, the same engine that powers... From the anime uh, fighting game, people. Yep. <laughs> same engine as... Oh, well, it's Unreal Tournament. Uh, Unreal Tournament. Unreal Tech 4 or whatever. UE4 um, plane, but it based on the, the engine that was developed for... Uh, What's their uh Blaz Blue? Exerd. Yeah, Guilty Gear. Yeah, Guilty Gear. Yeah, Guilty Gear. <laughs> uh they haven't used because they haven't done a three D Blaz Blue yet. But yeah, it's okay. the same engine. Um, so like when you so, finish, does it spin around and it's like it's not two D, it's three D after all, that sort of thing, or no? Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. exactly exactly. Cause they do the the whole cut oh, yeah. to look at that. Three D three D cameras during special moves and stuff yeah. like that. It, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, my caveat for talking about Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is it was a gracious gift from my husband. I did not pay full price for it. I paid nothing. Um, so personally, I would not spend full price on it because I like fighting games and I like Grand Blue. I do play the mobile game, even though I never talk about it. Um, it's not to me. It's not quite worth the the uh, the ask the, the sort of the price of admission. Um, but it is a very solid fighting game. It's very pretty to look at and contains all kinds of references to the um, to the mobile game that it's based on. That um, we don't have in the U.S. or U.K., right? Well, well the, thing is, the Japanese version is the global version. You, you have yep. to download it from the Japanese app store, the Japanese Google Play store. But you immediately go in and change it to one of like 12 languages. Uh, I think it's just English and Japanese. I thought they were adding a bunch of them. Have yeah, but how would you put yet? money into it? You need a Japanese credit card to spend money you on the don't. Japanese. No. Um, so the browser, um, it is actually a browser game, so you can actually oh. play it in Chrome. You don't even need to download anything. Okay. Um, and it ex- and their Pay Store accepts PayPal. So Got it. It, they, 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 they will, unlike um, Sony, they will happily accept your What's filthy name of, money. What's the actual name of their game? Grand Blue Fantasy. Okay. Dot JP. That makes sense. Yep. Play now on Chrome. Get it for... Hey, 
it went away. Come on, get it for Chrome. All right, you just hold on. I'm going to go spend $3,000. No! <laughs> Take his credit card away. The uh, problem yeah, is nice. that his credit card if, is if his you, phone. If oh. you are, my if you phone are familiar, is my password. <laughs> if you are familiar with the mobile game, ah! you're putting to life. The, so, oh my gosh, it made it. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought it was going to pop up in a phone-sized window. I was very... I, this, I, this isn't English! Sorry, continue. There's a button somewhere oh, that changes the language. Right, yeah. So all of the voice action is still in Japanese, although... That's what uh, I prefer for, anyway. I'm a sub guy. For, for Versus, they actually did uh, do a full English dub, for those of you who prefer dubs. They even got um, Patrick, uh, Patrick Seitz to play Ladiva, the transgender wrestler. That was... Um, some inspired casting guys brilliant um wait who's playing the patrick i think it's patrick sites is that his name s-y-k-e-s i have no idea what we're talking about anymore one of the voice actors chris listen i'm just trying to get the the grand blue to go yeah patrick sites s-e-i-t-h done a lot of anime um, S-E-I-T-Z? Yes. Oh, yes! This guy! Hmm. Yeah, no, he has done a lot. Yeah, he's in a bajillion things. <laughs> like, his behind-the-voice actors gives him something like 430 credits. Yeah. Hmm. The real question is which One Piece character he inevitably voiced. Wow, I didn't realize Ladiva had a beard. Uh, Frankie, if you were asking. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, Ladiva does have a beard. That's, um. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Carry well, on. Well, you see, I play, I play, I play Grand Blue. Um, Grand Blue, the mobile game, has a guild system um, called Cruise, and um, I'm in one that only accepts LGBT people, and we have our own icons for for. Oh, sorry to interrupt. He's Jaritza in Oh Three Houses, and he's a Bobo in River City Girls. I, I think my husband is like screaming Frankie from upstairs because it, it, I, oh, I yeah, watched what, One he's Piece. He's in One Piece. He's, he's and, Frankie in One Piece. Why and I was Frankie... like, you should know this. Like, yes, I should. I apologize. Why does Frankie <laughs> have a metal nose? Like, uh, Because he's a robot. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Carrying on. So, yeah. But, this um... thing doesn't work. The buttons are telling me to click isn't here. I'm sure Chris is is having tons of fun right now. Ah! Um, It's not in English! Oh, he plays one of the Mono Kids. Uh, Sorry. We are so bad. Can't Chrome auto-translate? Why isn't Screaming us to shut up at some point. Continue, please. supposed to (laughs) auto-translate this stuff. Chris, shut up. So, the... I say if you if you like fighting games, it's a pretty solid fighting game. You know, Arc System works. They generally make good fighting games. Um, if you say familiar with the mobile game, there's plenty to like there. There is an RPG mode which basically has like um, imagine Streets of Rage but more 2D. 
Um, but it also has like raid fights in quotes, um, where you can fight bosses with like two characters, but one of those characters can be someone that you get in from online. It's kind of cool. Um, good soundtrack. Uh, character design's excellent. They've translated the the characters very well from two D to three D. Um, there are a lot of in jokes, a lot of references. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't pay the full price for admission on that one. Um, so probably one to look out for if it's in a sale, unless you either really like fighting games or really like Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, the one other caveat is if you play the PC version, you don't get any of the codes for the mobile game, unlike the PS4 version, which does. Um, if you play the PS4 version, there's a bunch of codes that you can uh, get that unlocks uh, a couple of costumes and some other stuff in the mobile game. Um, and I know there are some people... I a conversation about this with you. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was last time I was on where I was discussing that, um, I think it was why I didn't get, ju- like, jump into Grand Blue Fantasy was because I wouldn't get any of the codes associated with it. Uh, I mean, there are other ways to get the codes, of course, but, you know, it's how much money you're willing to spend, really. Um, and how much you're willing to associate with eBay or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a thing. Um, for other games that I've played, um, I down, I bought and finished Control, um, the one, the newer one from Remedy Entertainment. Ooh, I've um, played some of that. It's good. Yeah, um, I was kind of gonna going to wait until August because that's when it came out on Steam, uh, and then it went on sale, and I'm just like, hmm, yeah, I'll just buy it now. Um, I can definitely see why people said that it took a lot of inspiration from the SCP Foundation. Yes. Like, seriously. So much. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's so much so that I find some of their sort of insistent terminology quite amusing, given that, you know, these are basically SCP objects. And if there was a way in which they could have licensed that, they probably would have done. It might have started as a, a license game and then they just couldn't get the license. You'd be surprised well, how many games that's true for. It's true. I mean, the I, thing about... The, the thing SCP about the isn't S- licensed, though. It's a community yeah, site. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought SCP was just like a group of stories. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Now, it, the SCP is covered by a license, but it's like the create... Uh, it's one of the Creative, creative Commons, commons okay. I think it is. Ah. Um, uh, so the actual licensing for it is very complicated from what I remember. Um, and it still does involve, um, uh, where is it? Someone mentioned, like, the license type. Oh, cc-by-sa. As we all sit here, mildly puzzled. Yes. Um, so presumably they, um, you know, they didn't want to make a game that was covered by that kind of licensing because it would involve weird deals or money going to places that they didn't want to go to or whatever. But yes, it's a very good game. I have finished it. Um, it didn't take too long, maybe 10, 12 hours. Um, there's a lot of exploring to be done. The game's very atmospheric. The architecture is beautiful. Um, 
It plays very well. Um, hurling rocks at people never gets tiring. Yeah. Uh, it's got a good story. Um, and if you like or have read any of the SCP Foundation, um, you'd probably get some enjoyment out of it. Uh, that's my snap review. Um, and now onto the one game that everybody else has played, Trials of Mana. Um, how far has everyone gotten this one? Just so we're on the same page. Um, where I, I'm at the wind uh, sprite right now. Okay, so fairly early on then. Yeah, I, I've uh, beaten the game before, though. I finished there. I finished the SNES version like twice. Yeah, I finished the SNES version all three times, um, but this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was one of the, the earliest SNES games that I remember playing, you know, with that old fan translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think over time, over like a couple of years or something, I did finish it three times, one for each of the main stories. Yeah, I finished it several years ago on my PSP. And then last year, it was my JRPG. Well, the entire um, Mana collection was my JRPG July game. And I'd picked different characters both times. And this time around, I'd picked Kevin. Oh, so is Kevin your main character? This yeah. Time? I think I did. Um, I think it was Angela Rees Charlotte for my first run. Um, and then I did uh, Rees Hawkeye Duran, and now I'm on uh, Charlotte, Angela, and Kevin. Yeah, I'm Kevin, Duran, Angela right now, and then if I do a second playthrough, I'm going to do the other three. Fair. Um, I think the thing about Charles of Manor is I'm, I'm actually quite surprised like how faithful it is to the SNES original. Yeah. Like the character designs, the monster designs, like you know, the, like the overly cute sea monster designs. Mm-hmm. But you know, they've basically been kept like unaltered, practically. Um, and I'm just like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, hmm, I, they could have done. I mean, I've heard people say that it kind of suffered a little coming out so soon after the Final Fantasy VII remake. I kind of don't don't really feel like that's a fair comparison. Yeah, um, having played this right after the Final Fantasy VII remake, um, I am definitely having muscle memory issues in that I keep hitting the um, shoulder buttons to try to issue commands to the rest of my characters, not realizing that it just flat out switches the characters. Yeah, um, well, I don't have that because I was waiting. I'm not... I've not jumped in on uh, Seven Remastered at all. Seven Remastered. Yeah. I've not jumped in on it at all. So I didn't really have have that problem. Um, and having played the SNES original, um, I was go, you know, I was going through the early areas, and I'm just thinking, you know, I remember these screens from the SNES version. Mm-hmm. Like every, almost every single area that I went to, all I could really think was, you know, this is you know taken verbatim from the snes version um so it is incredibly faithful with that the only thing that's kind of really changed is how the combat system works and even then it's it's still it's still like the same combat system but um in the in the snes original what i remember was that special moves and magic 
uh, interrupted combat flow and they didn't, or most of the time they didn't miss. There was no opportunity to dodge them sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in the remake, they actually have like, you know, ground target markers and stuff like that. So, um, and bosses get special moves that you can break up like a break bar and you can stun bosses with that. And that wasn't in the original either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, you know, the, uh, I mean, the, the only differences in dialogue and character names and stuff like that are just going to be down to the fact that the last version that I played was a fan translation and things are going to be slightly different. Um, yeah. Um, have, having played the official translation last year, I can say that um, this one is pretty close to the official translation, like right down to Charlotte having the stupid baby voice in the official translation, which is why I had her in the demo, but I skipped out on playing her this time around just because I didn't want to have to deal with 20 hours of that BS. You didn't want to listen to the baby talk? Oh, Anna, no, Anna, stop. <laughs> See, no, I actually played with um, the uh, Japanese dub, and while they did give Charlotte an, a noticeable accent, it's not quite as aggravating. Um, she's got a very specific verbal tick that I've only ever heard with a couple of other characters, but um, generally speaking, it's less annoying. Um, my favorite voice actor is... Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, Angela's other work, um, so her voice actress is uh, Rumi Okubo, um, who's voiced a couple of characters I'm quite fond of. Um, and she does very good work, and she really does a good job as Angela in Trials. So, you know, if you're having trouble with Charlotte, just switch to the, switch to the subs for a bit. Yeah, my second playthrough, I might have to play it uh, in Japanese just to avoid that, because that grated on my nerves big time. Um, she reminded me way too much of that little kid character in Star Ocean 3 that uh, I absolutely loathed. Oh, um, oh yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. I think it was Pepeta, I think her name was. I, I don't remember her name. I just remember that her voice actress just drove me up the wall. I ended up having to switch that one to Japanese just to get through that game. I don't blame you, though. Uh but I'm I'm having a lot of fun with Trials of Mana too. Um, um, Vaughn bought it for, for me for my birthday, and I've been kind of p- playing it since then. And um, I, I'm definitely having the same kind of SNES deja vu that you're having because I ran into the field yesterday where you pass out because it's a um, a field of sleeping flowers. And it's like, yeah, I I remember this scene in the original, and this flower field just feels so huge. I remember it in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that too. That's probably where they got it from. (laughs) And I like that there's uh, like each area has lots of little nooks and crannies that you can explore to find treasure chests. And I've been obsessed with trying to find the uh, cactuses so that you can get the bonuses. Yep. Yep. Those are good. Um, I actually still haven't found all of them, and I finished the game twice already. Um, Now, the only thing is, of course, having played the SNES original quite a lot, is um, you kind of do know where almost everything is, aside from the cactuses, because they're new to the remake, uh, and at least some of the treasure chests. But, um, sorry, the... um, 
Uh, Trials of Mana doesn't really have much in the way of side quests, um, which kind of <laughs> does mean that you can rush through the game pretty quickly if you know where to go. Um, although you probably will end up underleveled if you do it that way. Um, so while your first playthrough may go sort of at the speed of your, your you know, your regular JRPG, um, on if you're able to do new get, get new unlock new game plus, um, which I'm pretty sure you need to do the bonus dungeon to unlock as well. Um, is you learn an ability right at the start of the game that can be equipped to anyone, which increases your EXP gains by 300%. Oh, cool. Um, and in New Game Plus, uh, any although the classes don't carry over, the levels do. So if you reuse anyone from uh, a previous playthrough, they will be at the level they were at when your New Game Plus was saved. Oh, cool. Um, the other thing is... Um, uh, each character you clear the game with also unlocks an ability that um, uh, corresponds to that character that you can then equip on your other characters in another playthrough. Um, so for Duran, it's, I think, just flat defense. For Angela, it's magic attack, that kind of stuff. Uh, very useful. Um, um, is the second class change as much of a bitch to get as it was in the SNES one? Um, it's still the same method to get the second class change, but I think they've upped the drop rate on the question mark seeds to unlock it. Oh, good. Um, I can't remember. I managed to get, I managed to, oh, there are also treasure chests that's just straight up have question mark seeds in as well. Um, I think that's where I got most of mine actually thinking about it. Oh, awesome. I was, I was dreading that. I know Peter's been going, was going through that on discord a couple of nights ago. Um, the other thing is there is now a third class change. Yeah, I've, uh, I knew about that. I figured that that was post-game stuff. It is post-game, yeah. Um, it, it unlocks um, as basically as part of the quest line that opens the, the bonus dungeon. Um, and I actually quite like the little post-game stuff because it basically provides... Um, the thing about the, orig the SNES original uh, and the, the main game is it kind of feels like it concludes a few people's storylines just a little bit too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of deprive several characters of getting some closure. Um, and this is especially true if um, you have a character whose storyline ends during the first visit to the Sanctuary of Mana. Um mm -hmm. And their 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 villain like just straight up dies, and um, you know it, it's especially hard on Duran from what I remember. Um, and but if you have them in your party, the post game stuff kind of takes them back to a place that's important to them, and kind of expands on them, uh, sort of gives and gives them like some proper plot resolution as the, in the process of giving them that third class change. Mm. Um, so it's it's definitely worth doing, uh, but you do have to finish the game first. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm playing on baby mode, so I'm probably going to finish the game fairly quickly. I mean, uh, I, I I think I played it through on easy to start with, and then I basically switched up to hard because I reused characters on a second playthrough, and two of them were like level sixty plus. Which means that you can kind of rush through uh, probably at least the first half of the game fairly quickly. Um, it obviously slows up a little bit. 
Um, the other thing I did note, actually, and this was uh, something I was going to mention um, with regards to kind of like how faithful the remake is, um, even though the remake has uh, an objective marker that wasn't in the SNES version, it is still possible to do the gnome sequence break, um, and there is a slightly different cutscene if you do it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So in the original, um, you had to get... you. The reason why you went into the gnome tunnels, uh, the sorry, the dwarf tunnels, was to get that blasting powder. Um, and what you can do is... Um, the dwarf Watts will ask you for 5,000 gold to buy it. Um, now, most of the time, you won't have 5,000 gold when you reach Watts. And then when you decline, he offers you the quest to go and find Gnome, and that's how you get the powder anyway, because you rescue him. Um, what you can do is, if you do pay the 5,000, there is an achievement associated with it. Um, hmm. Now, the the... Um, quest marker still points you towards the end of the dwarf tunnels to fight the boss that gets you gnome and there's an additional new voice line that says that the fairy's worried about gnome and you should go and find him um, but if you then exit the tunnels one of your characters, usually Ange did, did Alice disappear? I then don't know you cut out there for a second. Yeah, that was me accidentally putting my foot down on the cable into my microphone. <laughs> um, you said usually, so, Ange. So, yeah, so if, if you um, leave the tunnels, a uh, character, usually Angela, will be like, oh, hey, well, we've got the powder. We can just keep on going forwards. So you can continue the story up to the point in which you meet um, the uh, the king of um, Valsena. And he'll be like, hey, you should have found Gnome already. Uh, are you sure you didn't miss him? And you'll just be like, oh, yeah, I guess we should go and find him, man. Hmm. So so that does still exist, but you do have to ignore the objective marker. So I was expecting them to basically, like, put a wall in there somewhere um, that was like, you know, hey, you should you, sh you should go do this first, and they wouldn't let you go to um, Valsena without having known. But nope, that's still carried in from the SNES version. I like it when developers kind of think of that stuff and know about sequence breaks that are very popular. Yeah, I always, I say I was quite surprised, you know, they even recorded um, some dialogue for it with the king. You know, go go find Gnome, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. Um, highly recommended. Um, it's definitely if you played the original. Also, the remix soundtrack's really good. Oh but yeah, I love that soundtrack. The original soundtrack is also really good. Um, so, and you can switch between them anyway. So, if you if you don't like the new one, you can just listen to the old one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it th thus far. I'm definitely gonna. I'm I'm hoping that I can finish it by the time Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition comes out. Um, I don't remember the SNES game being very long. Hmm. Yeah, it's not hugely long. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it. And that's me done anyway, so I'll stop boring the cast to death. All right, Kelly, what else have you been playing? Uh, more, more Animal Crossing. I have been doing a metric ton of time traveling 
to get recipes and stuff and I had Chris over on my island last night and was he was like, How did you get so many recipes? Time travel. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I finally built my little department store in my second uh house and th- thus far it's turning out really nice. Um the only thing that I'm I'm not happy with is like the electronics department in the main room. And I'm th- I'm thinking that maybe getting the wallpaper that has the um, security cameras might help with that some <laughs> to kind of help with the aesthetic. Yep. But I'm not sure. I think so. Also, also I need to complain about something with Animal Crossing. I, and, and I know this should be like a no crap moment, but man, having randos on your island is like people are jerks. I say no crap now or later. Yeah. Well, I I like having randos on my island because, you know, I've got a ton of recipes and I wanted to be helpful and give give um, give them away. And I figured, okay, well I've put all this work into this island. I want to I want people to actually see it. So I've I've put, posted my island on Nook Exchange and I'm just gobsmacked at the number of people that just take all the recipes and then not leave through the airport, which then completely Janks out the uh, internet connection and kicks everybody off the island. Yeah, that's 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 uncool. Yeah, you should be reporting those people. They'll actually take them off the Discord. Oh, I didn't know that. I I didn't know that there was a Discord tied to Turnip Exchange. Oh yeah, yep. There's a whole Warp World Discord. You can link your account when you're hosting islands, so people can leave you reviews. And you can do vice versa when you're joining islands and all that stuff. So yeah. Okay, I I need to look into that because I was just uh, just hosting. Alternately, islands. don't use Turnip Exchange because it's full of scum and villainy. Um, but then you need to use a stock market or a different Discord that's more friendly. But they don't have as nice of a website. Yeah. Because that's what I've liked about Turnip Exchange. It's just easy to just throw your Dota code in there and. Yeah post some rules i've thought about maybe doing a thing where i have like a passcode or something so that i know that people have read my rules so that they can like say the passcode and then me give them stuff or i don't know because i've been just like having my island opened while i've been working from home just so that um you know, people can visit and may not have to worry about it, but apparently I do have to worry about it because people are jerks. This is <sighs> why we can't have nice things. Yeah, it's it's the shopping cart theory applied to Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's, it's like a fascinating microcosm of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Anything else you've been playing, Kelly? No, that that's been pretty much it. Um, like I said, I I've definitely wanted to get through Trials of Mana because I cannot wait for Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Um, I, I had actually ordered uh, Torna: The Golden Country because I realized that I I think that came out around the same time that Dragon Quest Eleven did, so it was completely off my radar. And I found a good deal on it at GameStop for like twenty five bucks for the cart, so I picked up nice. that and Sparklight for fifteen bucks. <gasps> Sparklight is so good. So 
um, when that gets here next week. I don't know when I'm going to have time to play that, but I was happy to pick up those games on the cheap. And I was also happy to apply my Amazon gift card for my birthday to uh, the Xenoblade Definitive Edition. So I'm only going to end up paying like 40 bucks for that. All right, so I'm going to kind of jump in because Peter and I had a really interesting conversation this week about Trials of Mana, the original. So I got Collection of Mana for Christmas, and I've slowly been playing through them, and I played the first one, and I five-hour ruled it, and I played the Secret of Mana, and I five-hour ruled it. And then I started playing Trials of Mana, and I suspect people are knowing where I'm going with this. I played it for about three hours, and I beat the first boss, and all of a sudden I was like, this is really awesome. And my party was um, uh, Kevin, Charlotte, and the Amazon lady. Is that Ritz? Reese, yeah. Reese. R-I-E. Yep. Yeah, R-I-E. that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Kevin's dad is a jerk. Yeah. What the heck? Anyways, and so I played it for three hours, and I'm like, this game is awesome. But all I can think about is how much cooler this is going to be when I play the remake. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to put it down and buy the remake. I think that's fair, to be honest. Because um, I think the, the, the remake introduces a number of quality of life improvements that just generally oh, yeah. make the game better. Like, I didn't even get into the ability system. That shit's so much better in the remake. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I actually talked about this with a couple of people and everybody was like, yeah, that's probably the right decision at this point. Yeah. So I five hour ruled that one. And then the week kind of turned into this weird play Apple games that you previously started and didn't finish. And then they went 99 cents on the switch and you bought them again. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, uh, played both Agent A and Saturday Morning RPG on the iPad and those are both episodic games and both of them, when I originally played them they didn't have all of their episodes out. Well now they do and I bought them both for 99 cents last year on the Switch. So I'm like, I'm just going to play them on the Switch. So I played and finished Agent A and I'm partway through Saturday Morning RPG but I got interrupted by a review game which I cannot talk about yet because it's embargoed but I'm really excited to talk about it. I couldn't um, shut up about it during the Discord party last night. Yeah. yeah, I almost spilled the beans. Like, wait, you... Oh, right, borrow. my bad. Sell <laughs> um, me on Saturday Morning RPG because I got this in like a flash sale on PSN. Right. And it, I like the concept, but the art style, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, and I wasn't either. You do get used to it really fast, though. I would say play through the first episode, and if you can tolerate it up to that point, you'll probably be okay for the rest of the game, and you've only invested about 90 minutes in it. Okay. Um, so the idea is is it is kind of Paper Mario-esque in that it's an action-based um, combat system where you can do button press timings of some sort to increase the attack power of your items. Um, and Hustle has a charge system where you can take up a turn charging up for an attack. And that is kind of the basis of the combat system um, because uncharged attacks do piddly, terrible damage. But if you choose any of the charge mechanics, and there's three of them, there's charge, I don't want to be involved in this process. There's charge, I'm going to be slightly involved in this process. 
um, but the timing is significantly kinder. And then there's I am a pro at timed um, RPG combat. Give me the hardest stuff and it will supercharge me. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. So kind of three steps there. And then depending on what items that you have equipped, and they're all like 80s schlocky jokes. So there's like a, a Michael Jackson glove that you can slap things with. And there's like a <laughs> uh, a basketball. That, He's on fire! What's that? What, Hang what's, time. Thank you. There was like a basketball game where you played three on three and the basketball lit on fire. And it like it was awesome. And I loved playing it with my brother. I don't remember the name of it. It's making fun of that. Um and yeah, so you you're uh you're uh the first episode has you fighting Commander Doom, who is definitely not a Cobra Commando ripoff. <clears throat> no, not at all. Not at all. And your name is Marty. <laughs> and <your> Fly. Dad... <laughs> and your dad is stuck in a computer. I I, I was why. about to ask just how many legally distinct but uh different h- homages there were to 80 stuff. Lots. Like, are there friendship bears? Um, there are jerks instead of Smurfs. Okay. You collect them and you give them to a guy and he eats them. <laughs> you find are, a girl are there... jerk. Are you the only girl jerk? <laughs> are, are there ponies of a, a very small size? Um, not that I've seen yet, but I okay. got interrupted, so I haven't played through the whole game. Okay. What I have played is great. Do recommend. I think it's on sale for like $1.49 on the eShop right now. Because a bunch of limited run stuff is on sale for $1.49 right now. So mm-hmm. if you ever felt the need to pick up absolutely terrible FMV games, um, <laughs> both Night Trap and... Uh, what's the other one? Oh, Double Switch? Yes. They're both on sale for $1.49. God, I think I'm going to pick them up. So that's what I've been playing. Chris! Yeah, Hi. Please don't threaten don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you are gonna like them. They're bad, and you're gonna enjoy it. No, I have double switch on the Sega CD, and I've never even beaten it there. It's not very long. I think both games are like under an hour to finish. Double switch was hard back in the day for oh, me. Night Trap is hard too. Um, I I love it. Night Trap is that game that that. That that Nintendo guy went to the U.S. Congress and said it would never be on a Nintendo system. Uh, I wonder if he's enjoying his crow sandwich. <laughs> I think he or retired a cares. long time ago. Isn't that Phil Harrison or something? No, like that? it's a uh, Howard Howard Phillips. Howard the Duck. Howard Phillips Nintendo. You want to look for Night Trap Congress Nintendo? Yeah. I don't think he still works in the industry. No, he retired in 2017. Yeah, he left Nintendo in like the 90s. This tells you how long ago this whole Congress thing was. Oh, remember there was a time in our life when women being harassed by vampires was the biggest issue we had (laughs) to gripe about? (laughs) Good times. (laughs) Nope. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Kelly. I hate it. Chris, <laughs> <sighs> tell us about what you've been playing. Um, I've been playing things. Like? Um, I don't remember. 
What's Legend of Runeterra? That is um, a League of Legends card game that I started playing a little bit last week, and someone in the chat said I should try it. Um, so I've gotten through like the tutorial on that, but uh, have hasn't really caught me yet because um, it's just a, yet another card game. Um, they had suggested it as having a, a stronger sense of progression than like Magic. Um, I played a little bit more Magic, finished up the color challenge in that, and now, as I feared, like, yep, okay, time to play for real against people, and then like, so I played that a little bit, uh, even this morning, Um, and it's like, well, they have quests every day that unlock decks, so I think I need to do that for a while, and not rush it, because otherwise, the only way to really get into it is to start spending money, and that isn't really what I wanted to do. So, yeah, that money that game is definitely a money pit. Yeah, um, but I would get cool Godzilla type cards with this new set, so that's neat. Um, and oh then, yeah, I complete. I completely forgot about that collaboration. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting for the physical cards to come out for those. That way, I can make my Mega Cat Storm deck. Mm. What is this even? Okay. Sorry, I'm playing this. Uh, and then somebody, somebody, Al is talking about Grand Blue Fantasy. He's got me playing Grand Blue Fantasy now. I think I'm playing it. I'm not sure what's going on. It's it's hard to play in English. What do you mean it's called to play in English? I'm saying it's hard to play in English because I just went through the full tutorial and then it just dumped, bumped, bumped me back into the full tutorial again. <sighs> telling you this this site has issues that being said the skip mechanic is really cool is it, you like that huh? <laughs> Let's, yeah you're right i'll just keep using skip and when this time i don't have to auto translate it because i have the language setting maybe correct skip all right um and then uh more and uh oh their souls are now intertwined i didn't get that the first time i have more android uh android animal crossing progress um yeah your sister started playing animal crossing yeah she started that yesterday and we did um i've been uh cloning tvs so i got a lot of uh, (laughs) tvs to dump in the market and now i have lots of um i need to send you an oarfish statue because that gives you a i mean it's not as good as the great white um shark statue but the oarfish gives you a slightly better return oh neat on investment Cool beans. Uh oh, did yeah, I lose I'm, my chance to name my character? Shoot. I'm uh waiting with not so bated breath for Nintendo to patch out this exploit, but not before making myself a billionaire and being set for life. I was gonna say the thing about Grand Blue is um the actual main story is like a pretty well written JRPG. Um they had some fairly big names on the development team, I seem to remember. Um, I think Uematsu did some of the music, um, uh, and I think the artist I think may have previously worked on other Final Fantasy games as well. Um, so you know, and it, it was—I mean, Grand Blue's been going for what six years or something now. Um, so it, it's kind of changed hands a couple of times, and you know, development team members have moved around and stuff. But um, like the original. Um, main story up to like chapter 63 it, it's pretty well written it's got some good characters in it up to chapter 63 
what's after chapter 63 a different story uh it basically it switches to a new arc of the story oh okay so it introduces some new characters um but it's kind of like that that's uh sort of where that particular arc of the story ends sort of thing got it i I mean i think they're actually up to like 130 140 (sighs) chapters or something overall Alright. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, basically, uh, I think I said a lot of things just to point out that I didn't play a lot of games this week and I've been a failure. Sorry. You need to play Final Fantasy VII Remake so I've that we can have a I'm off the PlayStation 4. Yeah, but you're going to get back on it. No, I'm playing my Embargo game. Why? Because it's a. Can you not game. even say that you're playing it? Um, I'd rather not at the moment, just because oh. it's farther out. I might say the title next week, depending on if the review is coming. Mm. Embargoes right. are really hard. Well, I look forward to you unwrapping because, that game and um, telling us more about it. <laughs> Embargoes are sometimes hard because some companies are like, you cannot even mention you have this game, no streaming, no screenshots, no video, and they lay down like every single possibility. It's like no written previews, reviews, impressions, or any other justification you have in your mind. Don't publish anything about it. Don't even acknowledge that it exists. And other companies are like, whatever. And then most companies fall in the middle. Where it's like, they are not extremely specific. They are not extremely vague. They are like, the embargo is this date at this time. Okay. What about beforehand? I don't know. And most of the time, they're like, the review embargo is X date at X time. It's like, okay. Impressions? Screenshots? Can I talk about it? Can I stream the first 30 minutes? Like, they're, it's not always real specific. And I honestly kind of wish more developed and PR people were specific because then I wouldn't feel like am I screwing myself? Am I never going to get a review copy from this company again? So, yeah. That's my dilemma. It's hard being a reviewer. Well, I look forward to this drama unfolding and uh, maybe next week you can um, jot down your impressions for us and we can read them. Okay. All right. Um, Peter. Yeah. You've been um, playing a really weird game. Yeah, I've been playing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, um, when I finished Final Fantasy VII, um, I decided, I was like, okay, well, I'm done with most of the games that I have, uh, I guess, to keep up with the trend of everybody playing these kind of games, right? Like the more popular ones. I mm-hmm. decided to go back and look at some of the titles that I had played part of the way through, but maybe didn't finish or was really close to finishing just to kind of get them off my list. Uh, and one of those games ended up being uh, Starlink um, <laughs> Battle for Atlas. So, uh, yeah. So this game, when I, I actually saw it uh, that year I went to E3, they, that was when they kind of announced it and showcased you know, all of the potential and stuff. And I thought, hmm, this is really cool. I I love games that are big old money pits, right? <laughs> uh, you have a, a collectible thing with your game. Like, I was I was hardcore into Skylanders when that came out. 
And, you know, the Amiibos were a thing, and I, I love those as well. So I have to really rein myself in when it comes to, like, games with physical collectibles that go with them. Um, but uh, I did not do that with Starlink. <laughs> so I ended up getting a bunch of, like, the ships and stuff like that. And I love the game's premise, but I hated the way they implemented the mechanics. So one of the things that they do is if you own the physical products for these games, um, you have to relink them in your game like once a week. Uh, if you don't, the game doesn't recognize that you own the product anymore, and it's like, yeah, you don't have that, so we're not going to let you play with it. Well, you know, uh, it just sounds like a DRM gone wrong. It, I, it's the crazy dystopian future that everyone predicted for DRM. <laughs> I am like, I'm so baffled. I'm like, why would you not tie like, so they have in the game um, the ability to link your account to your Ubisoft account so that you can collect their little points or whatever. Um, so I'm thinking like, why would they not just put a serial number in there and say like, okay, if X serial number is attached to Y, ubisoft account then that's where it's at and then if somebody else links it take it off of that account and put it onto the new account right makes a whole lot of sense but no instead they're like anybody can use these products at any time but we're not going to let you share with your friends because we don't want to lose out on the money for the the physical products um so yeah it, that was my biggest uh, complaint with it i i loved the way it worked um everything kind of you could swap ships and parts and do all kinds of crazy things all in real time. Like you watch it happen in the game. Um, you didn't have to like uh, Skylanders. One of the things was like, if you pulled a, a character off the portal and put a new character on, like the whole game had to pause and wait for the new character because there was nothing there. So um, this game doesn't do that. You can just kind of right in right on the fly, just swap parts and things like that. And it, and it works. Um, the only exception, I think, was pilots. Uh, if you pulled your pilot out, they had like this little cut scene to show you who was coming in, um, that kind of thing. So anyways, uh, they had a huge sale on the eShop channel or the eShop um, that uh, all of their, their digital products were like, I don't know, 75% off or something like that. Gee. So I ended up just uh really uh rebuying them uh digitally so i didn't have to worry about that stuff um once you buy them digitally not only is it a cheaper if you just go digital um but you don't have to relink you know every week or so um so i ended up finishing it up and uh i think starlink in and of itself was probably just an all right game um you know it has uh, a neat premise and you know the story was was cool and everything like that i think it is a step better on the switch because of the uh star fox additions um so they obviously it's fun to play around with the the members of star fox uh being able to fly in an r-wing is very fitting for that kind of uh environment and they have a specific set of star fox missions that you know have you chasing wolf around the galaxy and things like that so uh, this was like for me a uh, unofficial side story for Star Fox um, since I haven't had a decent Star Fox game in a while. Um, so I, I played as Fox uh, as much as humanly possible and, and really enjoyed it. Um, 
he also doesn't feel like a kind of attack on to the main story. Um, I don't know how much extra programming they had to do for this, but he he blends in with the story as if he was already meant to be there. So uh, nice. there's no like weird gaps or anything like that where you're just like, you know, going through the game as Fox and then at a cutscene switching to who the original main character was supposed to be, which I think his name was like Leroy or something, something Dang, goofy yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It Remember, 15 years since Leroy Jenkins. God. Yeah, I that didn't make me feel old this week. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. So, But yeah, so clean that up, uh, finished it. Um, and then uh, just to touch a little bit, I did finish Final Fantasy Remake. Um, I won't get into anything because Chris hasn't played it, but I will say that I am... The only trophies that I have left to get on that are the hard mode trophies and then um, the uh, dress collection. Um, oh. And then uh, I did play, or I have been playing, I should say, Trials of Mana. Um, I'm actually right at the uh, part where you're trying to get uh, access to the cannon. Um, so, Alice, you were talking about that. Um, that's actually right where I am. Um, oh, I had just, yeah, just gotten into the Dwarf City myself. So... Um, I, yeah, I played these just because, uh, Anna was playing and I was like, yeah, let's play them together. And Anna five rolled every single one of them. <laughs> so you're doing the original? I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm, I'm used to it from Chris. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. So it, I agree with a lot of what you guys have said about the difference. So I've only played the demo of, uh, the remake of trials and then i went to the og one um and i agree i think the 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 remake has done a great job with quality of life stuff um the combat feels better um you can definitely see like the when you're playing the og one you can feel the old combat system where it's like you have to attack and then your character's fatigued for a second or two and then you can mm -hmm. attack again uh it's still 100 percent better than the little percentage strength system that Secret of Mana had, um, but you know it, it's still not without its its flaws. Um, but you know, I was talking to Anna about this, and I said Trials of Mana is considerably better than Secret and Adventures were. Um, it they're just it's just they've really done a much better job with it. Um, my biggest gripe in, in Secret of Mana was the camera system, and that's all been fixed. Uh, characters no longer get stuck to the point where your entire game has to stop until you go and fix them. <laughs> um, so all of that stuff is gone. And uh, the characters I ended up choosing for this playthrough, so I didn't have to listen to Charlotte, was Charlotte, Angela, and Duran. Um, so I, I went with like your your standard JRPG party, right? Your fighter, mage, and cleric. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when I do Trials Remake, I will do the other three. Um, I forget what their names are. Kevin, Reese, and Hawkeye? Yeah. So, yeah, that's been what I'm playing. All right. I think that's what everybody's been playing. So we are going to jump into our question of the week. So last week, we asked people, uh, which series development team would you like to see tackle a new IP? And so we got lots of different answers. It was interesting. 
Um, Shaman says, I know P Studio was mentioning a new IP a couple of years ago, and I'd like to see what becomes of that, especially since it was more of a medieval fantasy as opposed to their usual modern beat. Um, Featherhoof says, uh, if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd have said the tales of Dev Team, but then they just recently showed that they are with Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> so instead, I'm just going to parrot the answer, Platinum Games. Even when they experiment and don't produce a blockbuster, the games they make are at least interesting and fun to play. Well, most of the time. Um, Crow writes in and says, I would love to see IG Aonuma's Breath of the Wild team tackle a new IP. If they can do that with Zelda, what would it what would happen if they were really let off the reins? But please finish Breath of the Wild 2 first. I'd have also said Monolith Soft, but they're already apparently working on a new IP. So let's throw intelligent systems into the mix before they burn out on Fire Emblem. Well, <laughs> they just announced a Paper Mario game, so good news. They weren't only working on Fire Emblem. Oh, I didn't realize that that was going to be intelligent systems. That's an IS game, yep. Wow. Um, Strawberry Eggs says, I also wanted to say Monolith Soft. So instead, maybe the Devil Survivor team? Yes! Devil Survivor games were great. They need to make a Devil Survivor 3. Yes, um, I, I think concur. at least a few of those devs work on Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but that's Megami Tensei adjacent. It would be neat to see them tackle an RPG completely unrelated to Mega Ten. And Platium 3 uh, writes in and says, FYI, I'm cheating. I wonder what both the Pokemon and Yokai Watch teams could come up with. Actually, that's interesting. Take them out of the monster battling and see what else they would make. What if the uh, Valkyria Chronicles team made a Devil Survivor game? Oh, oh, that would be cool. Oh, didn't the um, Pokemon team make um, that little town, town hero? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't very good. Yeah. I- <laughs> It's I've been now hesitant fine. to get it because of your opinion of it. It's not bad. It's just too random. Yeah. And the randomness is really frustrating. Like, you can play through a level and it can be completely flawless, and you can play a level and it can be completely unwinnable. And it kind of feels like there's no middle ground. Hmm. There is, but it doesn't feel like there is. Anyways. Um, yes, yeah, so Platy says, take away the hundreds of legacy monsters and the decades of anime and lock them both in separate rooms. Then see what two games they come up with. Uh, Victor says, I'll also cheat. <laughs> I'm sad that Alpha Dream is gone, so I want them to come back and create literally any IP. All right. So we're going to do a non-gaming question of the week this week. So Chris fell down two black holes this week. Yeah. Chris decided to buy me green tea. Yeah. <laughs> I now own green tea. Lots of green tea. Lots of green tea. I hope you like green tea because there's still more green tea coming. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I really like green tea lattes. I made I made my latte this morning to Wimpy. More green tea in the next latte. All right. And then, I don't know, that, this might have happened last week. You fell down this 80s remix hole. Yeah, on YouTube, you can type in 80s remix and then it's you people, go from there. Yeah, it's people <laughs> taking very modern songs and remixing them as if they were 80s pop and rock songs. 
So like you take all of the memes of 80s, 80s music of all, like the synth wave and like the repeating core uh, background choruses and like the guitar solos and yeah. I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I think we've gotten through almost every single 80s remix. So this morning we moved into 90s remix and 80s <laughs> music remixed as 80s music. That was my favorite when we started seeing 80s remixes of 80s musics. And it's like, wait, I, what? <laughs> the snake is eating its tail. Yeah. Uh, is, is it just like um, New Wave or is there any glam metal in there? Oh, there's there's glam metal in there. There's a Justin Bieber 80s remake of, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. I, I don't know if I should look into this or not because I, I love my glam metal, but man, <laughs> I don't like Justin Bieber. No one likes the Biebs. All right. So... I want to know from people who listen to the show, what black hole have you fallen down recently? What have you gotten addicted to or like in the know of or just experienced that isn't gaming related? And you were like, oh, I'm going to do nothing but this for the next 24 hours. And Um, if you burn out on it or not, that's okay. I think we're kind of done with the 80s music stuff. You're done with it. Uh, I've got these songs dancing through my head. (laughs) I'm going to be playing them to you for years. Now, lately, Um, it's the one with the aerobics video and bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Not not recently, but I've been down black holes of watching urban exploration videos on YouTube. If you're familiar with that at all. Urban exploration? Yeah. Going into like abandoned places like abandoned hospitals. Well, that sounds uh, fun. Yeah, uh, um, the, the one that I was watching recently was going through an abandoned college that ran out of money, and it just had all, um, like, had all of the stuff in there. Like, the guy was going through like the medical department and was freaking out because he thought he saw human remains, but it turned out it was just like model skeletons and stuff. <laughs> and it's one of those things that it's like, man, I love watching this, but I would not go into some of these places if you paid me a million bucks because, um, like, a lot of homeless people shack up in these places, so they're just filled with um, uh, needles and all kinds of unpleasant stuff. But, man, watching these videos is is fascinating stuff. And what got me started on this was that I'm fascinated with um, abandoned shopping malls. For some reason, abandoned shopping malls are like shopping malls that are like just on the verge of death. Mm-hmm. And the um, the YouTube channel I was watching that had this—it's called My Name Is—I think the guy's name is Dan Bell. And um, it was just fascinating watching the dead shopping malls ones, including a mall that I went to frequently as a kid in Memphis, Tennessee. And this ball was famous for having a double carousel and then watching this video and seeing this double carousel that I used to ride as a kid just in shambles. And yeah, it's it's neat stuff. Love it. Very silent. I gotta go watch some of that later. It'll be too creepy for her, even though there's normal no there won't be any zombies because it's real life, but you know. No, it, it, I mean, it's creepy, but creepy in a realistic way, especially hearing the guy going, is there anybody there when he hears stuff 
even though it's just like animals in some of these places that are making noise. Nope. You hope. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my rabbit hole. That's an awesome one. Do Alex or Peter have a rabbit hole they've fallen down? Uh, Alice. <laughs> um, uh, wait, what? No, I, it sounded like maybe I misheard. It sounded like uh, Anna said Alex. Uh, no, Alex. Alex is usually on the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a common mistake. Uh, nothing that I can think of, uh, unless you count like um, TV shows. I've been watching obviously a lot more TV since being quarantined. And uh, I, you know, there's all those weird things. I'm sure everybody's heard of like the Tiger King show. Have um, you watched that? I haven't watched that. Is it any good? I, I have. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is it's, very it's good. Anna, yeah, why I can't know. we watch it? <laughs> so, so it yeah, just weird, weird TV you. shows for me. Um, but I have started watching a, a good one. It just actually aired. Uh, a couple of days ago with uh, Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, I, and I forget the title of it right now, but um, that one is shaping up to be actually really good too. More is of a drama. The, is that the one where he has a twin brother and he's playing both characters? Yes. Yes. What? And, and much better than uh, the other. There's a Netflix one uh, where there's a, uh, I forget who it is. Is it Paul Rudd who does like a, alternate personality where he plays both characters and that yeah, one was like something like that yeah that one's that one's like okay but this one this one's actually really good um i'm actually sad there's only one episode so yes that's my my whole it's been more tv than i've ever watched in my life i think it's just funny you mentioned that because i i've been watching the sopranos again and i can tell that the show was a late a very late 90s show because they keep name checking the nintendo 64 and mario kart <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> okay so uh if you want to submit your feedback for the question of the week and tell us what black hole you've fallen down recently there's a bunch of different ways to do so one you can email us podcast at rpgamer.com you can call or text us at 608-729-4098 you can um, go to rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast thread, slap down your reply there. Um, I do try to tweet out the question of the week every week. I'm not 100% consistent at that, but I do try. Um, and you can always uh, join the audience, uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. It's time for the news. Beep, 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 Anna, beep, do you beep, think beep, those grocery haul videos are doing well still on, on no, YouTube? Probably I'm, not I'm doing too well, right? I'm pretty sure that they're kaputskis. Well, maybe not. Maybe they should be, but aren't. Grocery watch haul. Them be dis- dis- yeah, so there's this whole category of videos that Chris got tuned into because of Giant Bob, where people um, lay out all the groceries that they bought and how much they paid for them. They're like extreme couponers and like super savings people. So it's like it's just grocery vlogging, basically. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, these it people are weird. like, all right, so these were on sale for a dollar ninety nine, and then I had a two dollar off coupon, so I got them for free. 
And my husband has fiber problems, so I bought these bars and then and so forth. <laughs> so I, I don't know if this is just a white privilege thing or what, but when when it comes to groceries, it's like if I need it, I need it, and I'm not going to go crazy bargain hunting. Um, I used to do a lot of bargain hunting because I, when I was not doing well, um, I needed to save every penny that I could. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. I would go crazy couponing and shopping for bargains and stuff. So that sort of thing is interesting in like a nostalgia kind of way for me. But um, yeah, most people, I think, shop like you. Yeah, I, I, I used to try to like save and buy the store brand stuff to see if it would save any money. But you'd be surprised what you can and can't get away with like with that. Like I thought store brand medicine was going to be garbage, but it's like, nope, it's the same stuff, just like half the price. Maybe but yet, we uh, there's been some developments in that front. We, turns uh, out generics aren't as well regulated as one might hope. <laughs> <laughs> But, but then, but then stuff like um, aluminum foil. Like if you buy the cheap foil, the aluminum foil, it is paper thin, like tissue paper. So you have to get the Reynolds wrap. There you go. Yeah, you heard it here first, RP Gamer, your grocery haul specialists. All right. Whew. Time. For the news, except first editorial content, we have a conglomerate 451 review. What's that, Anna? I, I don't know. Okay. It's a game, I think. Yes. We reviewed it. I don't remember what it's about. Ooh, it doesn't do well. Go check out on the website. <laughs> Alex Fuller wrote that one. Um, a lot of neon future stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Grid-based dungeon crawler template oh interesting all right well go check that out conglomerate 451 reviews up now oh simon i need to take you off the camera i know i know you poor thing i was petting the the kitty and now anna's got me doing the news so we have to we have to move away from the cat here we'll leave the cat in the corner here he can watch us read the news don't put kitty in a corner i put kitty in a corner (laughs) cassette beast was announced this is pokemon but with Audio cassettes? What even is this? I watched the trailer and I still don't get it. I just want to know how many kids are going to know what the hell a cassette is. I know. So, like, you collect these cassettes and you press play and you turn into a monster and then you confuse with other monsters on your team and turn into even bigger monsters. It's very confusing. Except there's obviously a lot of monsters and fusions. So it's a it's a pet collection RPG, but that's all we know. And um, it, it, it uh, probably in an cool. 80s vibe, so it can it can use the music we were using. Um, the overworld map looks very Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, there's relationships that empower health of your monsters, I guess, or your teammates. So, yeah. Looks neat. You going to play it, um, Anna? I'm thinking about it, yeah. It looks like your sort of thing. It's like Digimon plus... No, it's just like Digimon, I guess, really. Except Analogmon, because it's cassette tapes. It's Animon. Is, uh, isn't there another Pokemon clone on the news list, too? I don't know. I haven't gotten to it, if there is. Uh... I'm, I'm just fascinated at all, at all these Pokemon clones that are coming out. I mean, it's that time again. What time is that? Every time there's a major Pokemon release, there's a bunch of fan-made Pokemon games. 
Really? I never noticed that. Have you played, um, oh, what's that really famous one? Um, Uranium? No. I've heard of it, but I've never looked into it. All right. Well, I'm going to go on with the news read while we look up uh, Pokemon yeah, spinoffs. I mean, there's there's a bunch of real games that have come out that are like Pokemon spinoffs too. So, like, I think right after um, Sun and Moon came Slime Rancher. That's oh not yeah, a Pokemon game. Um, it's a monster collection game. Sure. To me, and... that was more um, Stardew Valley and less Pokemon. Yeah, that's more of a okay. farmer. I mean, there's Temtem. Yes. That's which obviously which one, like started a... immediately after Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, the yeah. development I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else is there? I, I don't mean... think you need to prove it. I think we know okay. they're just going to keep making games like that. But it does seem like there's quite a few of them getting a big uh, presence of mind, where that didn't used to be the case. Gotcha. Um, I mean, um, I, re- I remember back in the day there was a lot of Pokemon clones when it was the new hotness, but. It, then it kind of fell off, and it just—I just find it strange that it's happening. It's again back, baby. It's back. As if uh, people are mad with the current state of Pokemon. This is what we get from right. Dexit. Everyone so, makes Pokemon clones. <laughs> um, Pokemon Advanced, which takes the Fire Red, Leaf Green um, engine and rejiggers the stuff going on. Um, there's Pokemon Prism, which is based off of Gold. There's Pokemon Gray. Which I talked about before the podcast, but yeah, there's there's a ton of these. Okay, are those all new ones, or were you just going through the historical list? Historical list, but I Got. mean, each of these came out after a major release. Yep, and you can tell because they look like them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can follow. You can figure out which game they came out after. Yeah. All right. We've got another action RPG showing up here. Um, here's another genre that everyone keeps releasing versions of. It's called Balatia, Balashia, something like that. It's twenty bucks. Uh, it's from developer Ganitani and publisher H2 Interactive. You are a young girl, and you have to go swing your sword and kill things. So, you know, you can do that. Um, oh yeah, wait, I... looks like you get a robot too, and a guy with a gun or crossbow and swap. I don't see if there's loot or anything, but uh, there's definitely a lot of hacking and slashing. Yay. All right, 20 bucks. Go check that out. Uh, Harvest Moon got a new announcement. Hey, Harvest Moon lady. Yeah? What's what's the announcement? Uh, Harvest Moon One World. What does that mean? You're doing an MMO? No. Oh. Well, that's what I get from the name. So. No, it's um. there are multiple places that you can visit. Unlike most Harvest Moon games. That sounds like multiple worlds, then. It's one overarching world with multiple places to visit. Okay. One cohesive world. So it's like, go explore the world? Yeah. I don't know. Why is it called One World? Um, spoilers. Okay, cool. One, because of the story, and two, because we haven't announced Spoilers. There's actually two worlds. No, there isn't. <laughs> it's like halfway through. It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, Bravely Default. It's going to be like Harvest Moon. The title screen changes no, to I mean, three like, worlds. <laughs> Harvest Moon has always sort of had this, like, bigger implied world where it's like you acknowledge that there are places outside of the singular village or, like, the two villages that you are in. 
But those places are never explored. They are just foreign places that are not here. And so the concept behind One World is, well, what if you could go there? Do you have to bring your dog with you and show it off to everybody? <laughs> no. And then accidentally leave him behind a tree Oops. and forget that he's there. Oops. Harvest it sounds like it's referencing something that yeah, I'm not aware so of. Yeah, so in Harvest Moon 64, there were a lot of bugs. <laughs> and there were a lot of things that got put into the game as developer shortcuts, and not all of them got taken out. So in development, one of the shortcuts that was added in order to do a lot of testing on um, the relationship development system is you could pick up a common item, like a common permanent, a common permanent item, and show it to uh, a bachelorette repeatedly, and that would raise her affection level. Except they forgot to take out one of them, which was you show the dog <laughs> to um, Karen. I think it's Karen. You just show her the dog over and over again, and it raises her affection. <laughs> the other, the problem is, is the dog in general is buggy as hell. He can walk into the wall inside of your house, and then you can never retrieve him again. It's gone. It's just gone. <laughs> it's gone forever. It's gone. You, if you leave him behind a tree, he will get stuck. And unless you remember which tree you left him behind, he's just gone. It's it's ridiculously easy to lose the ball. Is this why you laughed so hard when I showed you the screenshot of Stardew Valley of my baby in the wall? Yes. Okay. Like, okay, hey, that now. bug looks familiar. <laughs> I mean, all games have bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, with the new game, uh, do you have any new announcements of new things you can do in it? Yeah, so it's an all-new engine. So totally new graphics, totally new um, artwork, totally new characters. Um, and I think that's all we've revealed right now. Cool. I'm yeah. I'm trying to skirt knowledge that I know. But hasn't and the story yet. is you find an old book. And yeah. So the concept and is this world back. has no crops. What? How are people alive? Um, I don't know. Okay. So the like the art of farming has been forgotten. Oh no! It's like Dragon Quest Builder. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. how to farm. Yeah. Except so, you have to invent plants. Yeah. Kind <laughs> so. of. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there are... There I is... have questions about this story. It, <laughs> it's not going to hold up under scrutiny, is it? It makes sense, sort of. <laughs> there are in-game explanations that are better than what I'm trying to put out without spoiling too many uh-huh. things. Right. I was so. going to say, farming is why we, why humans like stopped being nomadic and started making cities. Right. <laughs> so, I, I have questions about this, too. Like, are we cavemen in this world? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 the thing that I think is really interesting about this, and we're going to get into it a lot more. You is... play as a society of people who got stuck in the wall in Nintendo 64 Harvest Moon, <laughs> and now you need to reinvent That's farming exactly. to sustain yourselves and eventually win your freedom. Um, the, the thing that I like about this game, and it, it's going to get discussed a lot more probably in the very near future, is this actually establishes a Harvest Moon timeline in a way that hasn't been ha- that, that hasn't happened. Oh, before. is this the one where Ganon wins? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that kind of timeline. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, what else we got this week? We have some news about the Dark Eye Book of Heroes. It's showing its character creator off. Uh, what is that game? I don't remember. It says Wild River Games and Random Potion released a new trailer for upcoming Dark Eye Book of Heroes. The Dark Eye, excuse me. Uh, you can watch the video. It's a top-down RPG with a l- based on a long-running table ar- tabletop RPG series, The Dark Eye. 
Um, I see cards and stuff as part of the character creator. Um, I don't know if that's just the character creation or if that's part of the gameplay as well. And I've got no gameplay footage here. But if you are into that and you know about the, the RPG, the tabletop system, and you want to check it out, go watch the video. And maybe you can drop a comment and explain uh, if this should be exciting to me or not. All right. Romancing Saga Reuniverse. Because we need another Romancing Saga game, apparently. Uh, it's a free-to-play smartphone RPG. Uh, I've just lost interest. And uh, you can pre-register for it. What Ooh. is everybody's obsession in Japan with semicolons? <laughs> Romancing Saga re-semicolon universe? Yes. I don't know. They make things sound cool. Now we're going to talk about cool. death and re-semicolon. Death and re-semicolon quest, quest two. 2. This is a dungeon crawler. you going to play this? Is this a dungeon crawler? Um, so I don't remember I haven't if the, played this the, one. Yeah, this is a harem dungeon crawler. Okay, great. Um, I haven't played it because it's only PS4. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm on a PS4 kick. Maybe I should pick it up. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I know something you're going to pick up. <gasps> Paper Mario! Yes, there's a new Paper Mario game announced, and everybody is excited because it looks like it might be a return to RPG form for Paper Mario, but they haven't confirmed that, and if you remember, Nintendo released comments a while back, or the companies involved, something like that, said that Mario and Luigi was going to be the future of the RPG games based on Mario uh of the Mario RPGs, except the Mario and Luigi company went under. So now we're back to intelligent systems putting out a paper Mario. And the question is, is this an RPG? Is it an action game? Is it some sort of strange hybrid? What are we getting? We're not really sure. Um, everything in here looks like it could go either way, honestly, but I'm leaning towards it going the uh, RPG way, but we'll see. Um, also Bowser has been folded up into a piece of paper and it's adorable. Um, go watch the trailer it's quite good origami princess peach is creepy yeah that's a villain pretending to be princess peach i think and also i love the samus head at the end of the trailer Mm -hmm. yeah really going off that like hey all that stuff we learned how to do with like yoshi's papercraft and stuff let's make an Make a Paper Mario game out of it. Uh, and it won't be too long till it's out. July 17, 2020 is when it's hitting. That's my birthday. That's Anna's birthday. They released this trailer too early. Why? <laughs> Sorry, I was pretending oh. to be the internet. <laughs> I I have been watching this fascinating... I mean, I have to read a lot of video game websites and comments um, because of my job. Because I have to do a report every week of like what people are talking about and so the internet is like entirely divided on this paper mario game either it was announced too soon or announced too late because there's only two months before it comes out and for some people they're losing their minds it's like that's too soon i don't have the opportunity to budget for this i i think two months is the perfect time frame yeah to be honest with you and there are other people of like, oh, I have to wait two months for this. You, you announced it too early. Now I have two months to build up an unreasonable I'm, I'm sorry. hype. I, too early. <laughs> it's way less early than normal for games like this. Like, what? What do you mean too early? <laughs> well, and I guess some people looked at like the alt text for the email that came out announcing this, and for some of the email batches, it said um, available June 16th or June 19th. So I guess it was supposed to be like a 
E3 announcement, and it's out this week. Uh, That's a weird thing. I know. But that would imply it was only going to be digital because you need a lot more time to make physical games than that. So I don't know. Maybe they decided to push well, you it You don't have to announce it, it to make the game. Yeah, but they it's need to have a certain like amount. Well, and they need to have a certain amount of product on hand. Amazon would kill them otherwise. No, I mean, I'm saying you could make the game and do all the product. It's just there'd be a lot of leaks because but the product would be out there. Well, they would have no idea how well it would sell. Pre-orders don't matter that much. They do. They don't for really big games. They do for smaller titles. This is a Paper Mario. It's a big game. I think we're going to agree to disagree on that one. But we can have a much longer conversation at some point about why it's important to pre-order some games and why it's not important to pre-order others. That's a whole Pre-orders should discussion. die. Pre-orders should die. It's a whole discussion topic that is way too big for in the middle of the news, Brock. So Let's talk about on. another pro- monster-catching RPG. All right. This How is, about Nexamon? This Extinction. is from publisher P-Cube and developer V-Woo. V-Woo-Woo. I don't know. V-E-W-O Interactive. Uh, Nexamon, Extinction, and man, these are weird-looking creatures, and they've got an anime-looking trailer, and I don't know what's going on. So you can go... Well, not an anime. I don't know. what the Freaking... It looks indie. <laughs> but, so now we've got this. We've got the one we just saw, and we got Temtem, and I think I'm, I'm kind of with Kelly. We've got a lot of these now being pushed our way. And Nexomon is really pushing the uh, the Pokemon ex- inspired feelings here, because wow, it's like Pokemon but with HD two D artwork, such that it looks kind of weird and should be three D at this point. So I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, um, at least the cassette one looks like it has kind of an a unique style. Yep, it looks like they changed some stuff, which would make you want to get involved with the new thing. This one looks like, yep, hey, look, it's a generic Pokemon. And you have to be like, well, is it any good? They really look like they just hijacked the HPST bars from uh, Temtem. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Let's see. Let's get those bars back up on screen because I'm not seeing it. It's it's like that meme, can I copy your homework? Okay, but make sure you change it a little bit so that it doesn't look like mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see the HPMP bars. Where am I looking for that? In the screenshots? It's the Oh, in the screenshots. screenshots. Okay, I was in the yeah. video. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that does. Wow. Yeah, that. I mean, that's almost identical. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, screenshots I don't know. Resolution. Oh, here we go. Much Between... Better. Temtem and Monster Sanctuary. It's like I'm. I'm. Think I'm all Pokemoned out. And we got an actual Pokemon expansion coming out at right. some point. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, when's this thing coming out? Uh, PS, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch launching in the summer. When was the other one coming out? The, the one we talked about earlier Tem-tem? with cassette tapes. Oh, um, I'm not sure they that, have a release date. That one was PC and Steam only, though. Uh, no, PC and Linux. It says. 
Yeah, but no release date is no release date. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, here's a dungeon crawler called Blightbound. It's been announced by Ronimo Games. Dungeon crawling RPG head to PC via Steam early access later this summer. They got an announcement trailer. That's all we know. Um, that you get to choose from 20 unique heroes. There's a fog, hence blight. Uh, well, I guess they're not really the same word, but you know, whatever. There's a trailer story. Fog comes out the guy. It blights the land. You can need to go kill monsters. So go do that. This is a dungeon crawler in a more action-looking sort of way. And it's co-op and local and online co-op, it looks like. Yep. So. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, like a Castle Crashers, like the side-scrolling yeah. beat-em-up almost. Yep. It, it, it gave me a Dragon's Crown vibes. Oh, yeah, that too. There you go. Only without the busty witches. All right. Tainted Grail is coming to Steam Early Access in June. What is that? I don't know. It's a video game adaptation of a board game called Tainted Grail, The Fall of Avalon. So this is obviously Holy Grail Quest went sideways. (laughs) Uh, It's a reimagining of Arthurian mists set in the realm of Avalon with King Arthur dead and the magical guardian stones that protect its inhabitants losing their power. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You need to go fix things, and it's a cooperative board game, so I bet you there's a trader, but who knows. And uh, six to eight months in early access before fully launching. The early access date will start on June 25th. So if you're into that board game, let us know. Is it any good? Are we going to like this? So they're calling it a unique blend of RPG and roguelike. And, of course, since it's a board game, you're going to be playing with cards and stuff, so... Uh, looks cool good graphical effects and stuff so we'll see uh fallout 76 everybody who's excited for fallout 76 what if i what if i had a roadmap for the next for the rest of the year 2020 roadmap fallout 76 you could see they're they're introducing seasons summer fall and winter they've got things that are coming out in each season uh like for example inside fall there's going to be steel dawn a new quest line which I guess you could start the Brotherhood of Steel or something like that. Or in winter, you can um, build some shelters. All right, cool. I've lost interest, too. Let's move on. Action RPG Yaga is getting a bad fate update. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this is the game that originally came out on um, Apple Arcade. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also on the Epic Game Store now. And this update isn't out on PS4, Xbox One, or Nintendo Switch. But the game is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember Yaga. It's the one-handed blacksmith, and he's got really bad luck. It's a um, it's that kind of game where it's like you progress until you die, and then you start from the beginning again, but with some carryover. Okay. Yeah. So this gives more story paths and... Um, multiple endings and um, there are multiple ways to complete certain encounters that were only combat previously and stuff like that. So this is coming to all the platforms? Yes, but it's only out right now on Apple Arcade and Epic Game Store. Got it. It'll come to Um, the consoles later this year. So, all right. The ports are up. You bringing up Epic Game Store reminded me. I heard this week that they're changing how they do the payout for royalties and that um, smaller companies won't have to 
pay Epic's cut until they hit a million dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's not the Epic Game Store. That's Unity. But that is Epic. Oh. And so Epic owns the Unreal Engine. Okay. That's gotcha. not Unity, Anna. That's Unreal Engine that's doing that. Yes. Not Unity. They're that's, different. I said Unreal Engine. You said Unity. But mm-hmm. okay. In my head, I said Unreal Engine. All right. Well, cool. I, Kelly said Unity. No. I said, said Epic, Epic Game, Game Store. Store. Okay. Anna, have you been quantum leaping? (laughs) Anyways, yeah, so Epic unveiled Unreal Engine 5 this week. And it had so many triangles. (laughs) It it looks fantastic. Um, There will not be games that look like that for a few years yet because the art assets to create that are just too expensive. But it's very pretty. And so they announced that all versions of un, uh, no, yeah, Unreal un, Engine, uh, Unreal Engine uh, including UE4, which a lot of games use, um, they're changing the way that the um, commission structure works. So normally when you use the Unreal Engine, you have to pay a certain percentage of your sales if you, make, if you sell more than 3,000 copies of your game a month. Mm-hmm. And there are other tiers up from there, but that's the basic tier relevant to the conversation. Now you pay nothing until you have hit a million dollars of revenue. That that is going to be huge for smaller that's developers. Crazy good, and even the tiers uh, once you surpass one million in revenue are super duper generous. It's crazy. It, it's just going to make. It, that that like middle not 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 tiny enough to be qualified as indie but not big enough to be qualified as a company it's going to uh-huh. make that broad umbrella like super affordable to develop in uh, I, I look forward to it because we're going to see a lot of cool stuff because of it now I imagine yes so I'm stoked not super relevant for RPGs <laughs> I don't well, know. You never know. Big companies use Unreal Engine, but indies are kind of all over the place. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right. I think that's it for the news this week. Uh, Neo 2. Okay. It has some new missions and a photo mode and some details on its first DLC. Is this all out? Yeah, it's all out now. Um, and about well, the photo mode and the new missions. And then the DLC is three DLC packs in the coming months, beginning with the Tengu's Disciple on July 30th. And uh, the new DLC will have more storylines, yokai, bosses, guardian spirits, weapons, armor, as well as difficulty levels and end game content. Woo, oh, right. Go. We forgot there's an epic game store sale right now. And uh, Grand Theft Auto V's free. Yeah, so there's a bunch of RP relevant to our audience. There's a bunch of RPGs on sale right now on the EGS. Oh yeah, like what? Um, Borderlands, Control. That Control stuff. isn't an RPG. Oh well, whatever. Nice try though. You have no idea. No, I just know there's a lot of games on okay. sale. <laughs> All so right, well on. that's a thing. Let's open up the a, a big mega sale. Great I've games for up to seventy five percent off. It says $10 coupon. Yeah, so you get a $10. So first thing you do, go click on the the banner at the top of epicgames.com and get your $10 coupon loaded onto your account. And then any game you buy that's at least $20 US. $15. $14.99. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Any doing game it again. <laughs> wow. Any game that's $14.99 US or more, um, that is going to be $10 off. So here we go. See all deals. Red Dead Redemption 2, Borderlands 3, Outer Worlds, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Division 2, MechWarrior 5. We got you Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Anna. Yes. Are you going to play that on the yes. TV today? You Probably should do that. Probably not today. Oh, okay. Um, I want to watch you. Outlaw. I want to see you. Shameless plug. Oh. Uh, Shenmue 3, uh, Card Op. Card Apocalypse, Watchdogs, Farming Simulator 2019, Woo. Vampire. Right. No, there's a Alice, lot of RPGs. On Alice, you oh, still Yana. with us, or did Alice have to leave? Oh, Alice, she had to leave. She had to leave. Darn. I was going to ask her about Anno 1800 because I don't know anything about it, and it's oh. effectively fifteen or twenty bucks after the coupon. So, All right. <sighs> Go play around with that coupon. See if you uh, can get some deals that you want. And uh, yeah. All right. There you go. No briefs this week. So no we're going to jump right into new game releases. New games. Do we have a song for new games? No. This uh, is new games. comes out for Windows, PS4, She's and Xbox One. Eater. It's a shark RPG. Ooh. Wait, when is that coming out? This week. <gasps> On what platforms? Windows, PS4, and Xbox One. What stores? Windows, PS4, Is it on Epic Game Store? Can I get I 10? Okay, Searching for Man Eaters just gives me the Hall Notes song. So. Man Eater, <laughs> PC. Here we go. Epic. Oh, it's on Epic. It's an Epic Game Store It's an launch. Epic Game Store. I wonder if you can. This game contains mature content recommended for 18 plus. Um, yeah, pre-purchase for $39.99. Or $29.99 with a $10 coupon. Yeah. All right. Um, also coming out this week, Peter, I pulled this one out for you. Bus mechanic simulators hitting Woo! PC. <laughs> Big Pete will take on a new profession. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> We're here to fix up all the buses, get them back on the road. <laughs> got to make sure they got nice shiny new tires on them. Can't have them spinning out, going off on the all on the side of the road. Got to keep all your civilians safe. You're getting very Joe Exotic with that accent. <laughs> Have you not seen any of the Big Pete stuff? I'm sorry. This is, we shouldn't Probably segue not. this hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those who are so confused about why we're losing our, our heads, um, when Peter used to stream once a week, he did Big Pete's um, trucking. <laughs> that Big was back in the old world. And, and Big it Pete. Was, it was called Hickline Bling. Yes. <laughs> And and Big Pete drove big trucks, and and was very concerned about the oh, aliens. The coupon didn't work on yes. the mega. Not, 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 not the immigrants. Very patriotic. <laughs> not was, the immigrants. Was, no. <laughs> the ones no. in little spaceships. The ones that could come and take your brains. <laughs> um, yes, he he wore lots of patriotic gear and believed in America and everything we stood for, in a very. Overly fashion. <laughs> and he got phone calls from aliens once. It was great. That was you, it wasn't sounds... it, Chris? No. Oh, that wasn't you? No, that was one of his... Gosh. That was like Mooba or something. Sounds like Big Pete has like his own lore. I love Big <laughs> Pete so much. Big Pete needs to come back. Yeah. Big Pete does need to come back. All right. And this one just stood out for me. It's called Zangi, and the developers are called Hamster on Coke. What? 
That's the name of the developer. Zangi is a peculiar puzzle game telling the story of Eon, a lone journeyman who's stuck between world and time. You know, for for that description, uh, the puzzle you actually get is very not that. The game is intended to be a relaxing experience. It's just a sliding block game. There are no (laughs) points, no stars, no tutorials, no move counters, no in-game shops, or any other distractions. Just pure immersive journey with eon it's just some outlines art and music you just move the outlines to where they need to go and then it makes a picture that seems to be telling a story picture to picture <laughs> okay great two bucks go check it's it out hamster on coke <laughs> worth the two dollars i'm not sure but probably there you go. <laughs> yeah it, it sounds like somebody was on coke when they came up with this concept all right so, uh, thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Alice, who had to leave. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm your host, Anna Marie Privateer. If you want to answer this week's question of the week, it is what black hole have you fallen down recently? Um, thanks, Del North, for our music. Thanks, Forecast, for the encoding. Um, what are you going to be playing next week, Peter? Uh, I will probably dig into uh trials of mana like hardcore now um as well as finishing up the platinum four final fantasy seven yeah have fun with that (laughs) hard mode is hard it turns out yeah just a wee bit what are you gonna play um more trials of mana i asked my friend who who is like the deal master that isn't wario 64 um to look out for Trials of Mana for me on sale, but I may end up picking it up at full price. We'll see. Um, I'm going to continue with my review game, and I loaded Knights of Azure into my PS4. I might start hitting that this week. Oh, that was a really good game. And I hear it's pretty short. Yeah. Most people are like, yeah, you can bang that out in a weekend. It's like, well, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I Lesbian's really banging. enjoyed it. Hey. I really enjoyed that game when I played it. it, it it's fun. Cool. All right. What are you going to play this week, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> ah, as clear an answer as always. <laughs> oh, I played I played Guild of Dungeoneering on my iPad a couple of nights this week. Well, That's maybe fun. Maybe you can play that too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.